It's illiterate. Back again. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a book. I watched a movie. My eyes are bleeding. This week we are doing Cats. Uh, a, a listener actually kind of put this on our radar last week. We weren't quite planning to do this, but now I'm glad that we were because it's it's over the weekend and through into this week has turned into people quite are the fascinated. Talk. So we're doing cats. T. S. Eliot's Cats uh, recently, if you don't know, has just been released by Universal as a major motion picture directed by Tom Hooper. I just saw it. I'm I'm hurting. My <laughs> stomach hurts. My eyes are are blurry. It's a whirlwind experience. It's a whirlwind experience. I had never, I'm not acquainted with nor the short story or the uh, breakout play from the 80s. And actually, to you know, having seen the film now, I'm like, oh, Memory in the Moonlight, that's from Cats. I did not know that. I've heard that song. I've heard that reappropriated mm-hmm. other places. Barbara Streisand be belting it out. <laughs> yeah, it's just like in the, in the, in the social zeitgeist or lexicon yeah. now that it's... I almost attributed it as like just an old classic or something, you know, just an older song. Even there's even part of me where I was like, oh, could, cats could have been like sampling something. I don't know. You know? Uh, that's yeah. that where my ignorant mind was. Well, I also knew nothing in. about this at all. And in fact, it's a it's a series of poems. It's based on T.S. Eliot's book of little poems called Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. It's uh, whimsical poems about felines. Starts how cats have different names, and then goes into each poem is about a different cat and we all relate to the cat that wants to be outside when it's inside and inside when it's outside and the cat that is lazy all day and then is fixing stuff up at night and the cat that chills in the train it's very dr sushish yeah. you you just yeah. showed me some before we before we started and i was kind of shocked in comparison to what just the uh, the imagery i know of the play and now having seen the film i'm like oh this is what it started as a weird little goofy children's book with like these these little pencil drawings that are so uh so lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but, this yeah, is... but that, I didn't know where this all is coming from. So I'm like, oh. It is. It came out in 39 and was originally letters to his godchildren. Oh. And that they called him Old Possum. So that's, <laughs> what, <laughs> that's what he went by. Uh, but it makes sense in the larger context of T.S. Eliot. He is mostly known as a poet. Although he is from America, he moved to England in 1914 at the age of 25. What a great year to move to Europe. Good Lord. World War One. God. <laughs> Right in the thick of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Line right up. But he loved America, and he grew up in St. Louis. He was obsessed with Mark Twain and Tom Sawyer. That's what gave him his love of reading, mm. which we did an episode on mm. Huckleberry Finn uh, several weeks ago. Yeah. Fantastic so, movie. If you've got some time over the holidays, it's out on DVD. Go check it out. Then go check out. You know, go do your own. <laughs> go back. Go go to the episode of the movie's out. Go do it. Tie-ins, Taylor. Yeah. T.S. Eliot loved it, and that's kind of what inspired his love of learning. Like I said, he moved to England. His big hits, though, in terms of poetry are much more despondent, inner-layered. They're not whimsical, Susie stuff. The love song of J. Alfred Prufrock is the masterpiece. Some people say it was a big part in starting the modernist movement of poetry. It's uh, potentially an older, middle-aged guy who never makes Mm -hmm. a move, Mm -hmm. which is interesting that it's called a love song. And then The Wasteland was in 1922, the uh, disillusionment after World War One uh, yeah. that the world was facing doesn't seem like he'd be writing a whimsical book about right cats. about cats, <laughs> but he also I'm wrote a jolly time in the neighborhood yeah, looking yeah, at all the yeah. strays, la di da. He also wrote seven plays and won the Nobel Prize in Literature in forty eight. No big deal. So he's no chump change. <laughs> um, in terms of the adaptations of this thing, just a funny little book of poems, but he yeah. is very popular. So you'd think maybe what was the some- year again? I've forgotten. 
The year was 39. 39. That the Book of Poetry came Gosh. out. Yeah. Um, but in 54, there was a guy, Alan Rossthorne, who took six of the poems and had just like a speaker speaking out the lyrics with an orchestra. Hmm. Um, there was another guy who did a similar work at the same time, but that was really the only thing that it ever got turned into until okay. 1981 when the musical was created. And we'll get into that in a second. Okay. And just so everybody knows what in the world the musical slash movie is about. Because I had no idea. It's cats over the course of a one night. They make the case why each one of them is worthy to enter the heaviside layer, which is the cat equivalent of heaven. It's like the whole idea is the cats have nine lives. All these cats are trying to like impress what equates to their queen, Judy Dench. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which we all are trying of, to of do. Of who is most worthy of a new chance, a new life uh, to go into the afterlife. Um, and there's one old washed up cat. And that's the main character, some would say. And she comes back after being excommunicated from the group. And then she was she... like, they play like she's like, she's the Judy, you know, back to one of our other episodes. You know, mm -hmm. she, she was the star and now she's been kind of ousted away. And she's, it's a whole redemption story for this character. She's the really the one that goes A to B <laughs> in this whole Everybody thing. else is just introducing themselves as a cat. And yeah. About. yeah. <laughs> um, you had said off of Mike that you had thought that the movie might work as an animation yeah absolutely um i and, and we're going to talk about the movie more and more but i i feel like the humanoid aspects of this the aesthetic choices of of how they've you know shown this i feel like all comes from a you know a, a latch onto the music the musical yeah and so they're they're trapped in recreating all of this so the only way that i feel like you could keep all the elements that people like and it be presentable to audiences. I was saying, this is an animated film where you're having actual cats <laughs> and, and a, an artist rendering of cats, that, that their own cats, a, a new vision of cats. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's like you, this is an animated film and you could expand this in any direction. You know, there are, there are poems that weren't done that you could write more, mm -hmm. uh, go into their history, go into their work. You, know, you could do a whole... Endless. It's absolutely endless. If this is the source material, it's endless. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I wish that there, and maybe you're about to tell me that that there was <laughs> an animated version that actually could explore this or actually give, give, adapt this in a way that is not just so chained and shackled mm -hmm. to the to the music of the musical. Yeah. So please, if you're interested in this, I'll put a link in the show notes. We always have tons of links in the show notes if you're ever wondering. Please check out our show notes. We spend so much time on them. We find all sorts of little funny jokes and stuff, and they're just for you. So go check it out if you're interested in this. Uh, Steven Spielberg the in, 19, in the 1990s, in the early 90s, so the musical came out in 81, massive success. Then he was going to do an animated version. I'll post a link where you can see some of the original artwork and concept very stylized, a little bit more brooding. It's whatever during... his mainline in the nineteen ninety <laughs> whatever. It, it just threw over that time. He just he knows what the people want, and they wanted it. <laughs> Give them this. Spielberg doing an animated thing about cats. They're real felines, like you said. They don't have any humanoid Thank features. God. Yeah, <laughs> it's set in war torn London after World War Two. Okay, and they're rummaging okay. around. So it's got okay <laughs> a new take on it. Unfortunately, his production company Amblimation, which did the animation. Amblimation. <laughs> Because it was Amblin Entertainment. Yeah. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I love he, that. Anyway. Yeah, that got scrapped because that company was no more. No. But you can see the original artwork. Thank God. In our links. Thank you. Um, Thank you. What we got instead in 1998 was the direct-to-video film version. So they completely remade the musical 
basically it's just the the musical but filmed for everybody to see like what they probably should do for Hamilton at some point right and put it because, on Netflix yeah because yeah. nobody's going to see it so that's essentially what this was it's how most people then got their taste of honestly, it honestly i would watch more broadway shows if they were just produced and put on Netflix yeah i would i would watch them but like like and because they can broadway go into close really up on the characters <laughs> and they can do all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't be you able to you get away with it it's the different it's the different medium and that's what's mm-hmm. so important about the, the these adaptation is the stage is a different medium and you can't just if you've done it in this medium you can't just do that and put a camera there mm-hmm. and and be like well we'll touch it up and pose anyway yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> I'm mad <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's what came about same people that did the musical same choreographer saying you know Andrew Lloyd Webber's all up in it they did cut see this some is where we're going wrong it. I just I, oh god anyway 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 but it's how most people I'll post a link to a clip on YouTube a lot of it is on YouTube. That's how most people got a taste of it. 98. 98, yeah. Interesting. I'm sure that's probably where a lot of my imagery is probably Mm -hmm. coming from. Yeah. Um, Because they were pretty true to the musical. They just filmed it for everybody to see. And then in 2019, we have this monstrosity that exists out And then they brought them all back. (laughs) 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 We're doing it again, but this time with weird computers, we're going to make you feel strange about your your bits. (laughs) If you thought it was strange before, strap in. I never was aware, and as we've said, we haven't been because we're illiterate, of how (laughs) impactful the musical was. This is the fourth longest running Broadway show ever. It started in 82 in in America Mm -hmm. on Broadway, and then it continued until 2000. Almost 18 years. Wow. 7,485 performances, and that's more than one per day for 18 years. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. The London production ran for 21 years and almost 9,000 performances. The other thing in terms of how big this was, it's huge internationally. I think it was something like 30 different countries. Um, There was a 15-year run in Germany that played over 6,000 performances. Japan is still going since 83. Mm. There's one that's happening. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. The In terms of the 1980s, if you look at t-shirt sales, uh-huh. the number one best-selling t-shirt was the Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt. Oh. Number two was Cats. Oh, man. I couldn't even, ima- I couldn't even comprehend that much. It's, it's, it's so interesting. It's, I think as I've, you know, growing up, the music, I didn't even, I, mean, I might have already said this, but I didn't even know Memory in the Moonlight was a Cats song. Yeah. Just I mean, memory. Just like, but yeah. Memory, you <laughs> yeah. know, like I... There were a couple songs that definitely were impactful. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason to go. Jennifer Hudson is, is is incredible, but there were just as many songs that were just as off putting. <laughs> the tone is, is strange. Yes. It starts with just echoes of dissonance, and I mean dissonance. Mm-hmm. It is it is not it is not a pleasant tone that you start the movie <laughs> with, and it is straight in. There's no preamble. It is you're just here's a bag. It's a bag thrown into an alleyway. <laughs> it's just like we're in, baby. I'm just I, I don't I don't understand why I have to feel so dirty about this whole thing. <laughs> I don't know why they have why have they have sucked the sexual the overt sexuality out of the the frame mm-hmm. only to have the whole thing live on a subtext of sexuality. I mean, they're, they're, we're watching their their skin tight bodies rub <laughs> on each other. They're furry. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so it's just odd. Um, and at the same time, a massive spectacle, and I was just kind of overwhelmed by it. Yeah, I, I 
I want to see the the version with pause. They are updating this next week. <laughs> Universal is throwing a patched version of pause. So now I'm like, what is that going to do to my psyche here? Did I even look at the hands? You know, now I'm <laughs> and then they're going to update it where it's just cat faces and it's not even people. And I'd you're like, probably cool. Be, yeah, there's I'd probably the be like, oh, thank God, the animated know? version that Evan's been waiting for. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I, I want. Just change it completely. I'm so sad about the, the Spielberg version. That sounds like what I want. That sounds like exactly what I want. So where did the musical come from then? Yeah. We have to go all the way back to before the 80s. Britain started going into a recession. And we have to remember that this did not start on Broadway. It started on the West End in London. Mm. And at this point, musicals over there are pretty abstract or not very mainstream. They're taking a lot of musicals from Broadway and then doing them, but it's still not having the effect that they would like in popular culture. Also... The big question is, are they ever going to be good at dancing? Which I didn't realize was a thing. Britain has never had a proper dance musical before this. They've had acting, yes. They've had good music. They've had a combination of musicians and actors. But the dancing is never at the forefront for them. Oh, I didn't know that. In their time and place, yes. I would never have guessed that. So here comes Andrew Lloyd Webber. He had done Jesus Christ Superstar and Evita, but is not known yet as the mastermind that he is because shortly after Cats, he does Phantom of the Opera. Right. I mean, these are classics. Takes off. But in starting this, he was like, Is I'm Cats a com- the first modern musical? Yes. Yes. So he is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> or modern mega musical, yeah. as we know yeah. them now. Everything descends from this. But we're still back in the 80s in Britain. Andrew Lloyd Webber is like, what am I going to do next? He has composed music. He's a musical composer. He doesn't write the lyrics. But he's like, every time I've done something before, I've just written the music and gotten through the story. And then somebody else comes in. Usually Tim Rice was Mm. his collaborator Mm -hmm, who ended up doing uh, The Lion King and a lot of other works. The Uh, Broadway versions or? The Disney version. The Disney version. He went and went the Trident. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, That's amazing. So that's who he'd worked with. Look at that. But he's not working with him now. And so he said, well, why don't I just do something where the lyrics are already in place and I have to come up with music around the lyrics? Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats was something that he had read as a kid and loved it. And so I didn't realize this, but basically every single song is verbatim just the poems. That's what I was realizing when you showed me the book just before we started recording. I went, oh, this is word for word. (laughs) Honestly, that is the most shocking thing, having knowing nothing, nothing about. When I'm watching the the thing, I'm going, what does this book like? And in a very (laughs) rare, illiterate moment... If you've seen the movie, you've read the book. <laughs> so congratulations. Oh, my mind hurts. I hate this show. I love this. <laughs> the first book that Evan's read. He didn't even know it. God. And there it is. You tricked me. <laughs> I'd get around to it sooner or later. But yeah. So Andrew Lloyd Webber has got this book. Uh, he just called it Practical Cats. He had done a couple songs. It was at this festival. It was just a song cycle. It wasn't a whole thing. Valerie, T.S. Eliot's widow, Mm. who is in charge of the estate, was there at this festival. She, I guess she had known about it. So she had brought along some of his unpublished poems about cats and various things. One of them- He had more. He had more. He was holding (laughs) out. One of them was Grizabella the Glamour Cat, which is what the musical Ah. is centered around, which is this cat that wants to die and be reincarnated Uh as a better cat. Um, That was where he got the big ideas then. 
and could turn it into an actual very loose story as opposed to it just being like a song cycle of, oh, here's right. six funny, whimsical songs. It's about something bigger. Well, the movie, yeah, that, I was getting tired. The first half of the movie is just like, look at this cat and their whole song. Watch this craziness for five minutes. Now we're going to introduce you to another cat and his whole shtick. Another crazy song for five minutes. Oh, yeah. and I just got so, I got like, I started like getting like shocked in my chair. Like, like every time I would hear, who's that? Stop! <laughs> No! no! Yeah. Don't ask who they are! <laughs> They'll have to sing! Do they do this every time there's a new person? <laughs> anyway. Well, it was good that she came up with the new poem for him. Uh, unfortunately for us, it's not in the book because the Grizabella role, uh, they, the publisher thought was too sad for kids. Ah, in in no. the stories of the cats because she's off on her, you know, she's done... For and the the memory song that everybody knows, yeah, yeah, that's not, that's the thing. Well, that's not a part of this. So that is based on another poem he has that has nothing to do with cats called Rhapsody on a Windy Night. But everything is based on something or God. in terms of the cat songs. So exactly. the thing that this thing is most famous for is not is actually based on something else he wrote. <laughs> yeah, look at God. Yeah, another. Well, poem. it's hands down the best song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it hands down was the thing that made me glad I had seen the movie at all was just to see Jennifer Hudson really give it all mm -hmm. in that you know it's like I if I had seen her do this exact same thing on Broadway I'd be like this is just amazing I'd be crying all yeah. over myself so I, I had to like give myself the presence of mind while it's <laughs> happening on screen because I know the presentation here <laughs> is bananas is yeah. bonkers so I just put that out of my mind I go I'm watching Jennifer Hudson perform this song this character mm -hmm. if this was on stage the way this probably should be or transferred into a different medium this is really impactful this yeah. is really emotional this is an amazing song this is a really great character i was that mm -hmm. moment that the climax of the film i was all for it i was right there yeah. and then as soon as the moment passes i go <laughs> get me out of here but and that's but what yeah. The, yeah that's what the musical is most known for and it is from something that valerie gave him at this festival in 1980 oh, that's awesome. from an unpublished poem. So now he's off to the races. He's like, oh, I can do something with this. It's going to be a fully fledged musical. This is my next project. Wow. We're going to cobble this all together. Now it becomes 1981. The previews are starting April 22nd. Day one of rehearsals is March 9th. So they have five weeks to turn the poems that he's made songs around into a fully fledged musical. Five weeks. I can't even believe that. I can't. I can't imagine it. No investors would take. They were just like trying to get money for it because they're also trying to revolutionize everything. The stage, the performance, the dancing. Like I said, that was a huge, they're like, we ha it has to be all dancing. Mm -hmm, it has to be bonkers. Mm -hmm. We have to completely rebuild the stage. We have to go crazy on the costumes and the lighting and everything. That makes sense. Yeah. Not, 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 notwithstanding, the music is already insane. Good Lord. <laughs> and off the wall, they're like, we want to make a name for ourselves in this. Also, this is the first blockbusters are upon us and mm -hmm. just in the swath of this moment. And they're looking Jaws at Hollywood. Come out 75, uh -huh. Star Wars 77, yeah. Alien 79. Uh, it's, it's starting to really heat up in terms of presentation, mm -hmm. media, the way you package things, the way you roll out a presentation and announcement that you have a fully formed, here are, here's the branding. Here is the, here is the artwork and you're going to see the same artwork everywhere. And it is artwork specific to the, it's big, it's, it's branded. And I'm kind of going out on a limb here, but I feel like that this is swept up in the momentum of all of that. Right. Mainly the advertising didn't happen, which we'll get to in terms of the legacy, but this was not even what they were considering because they were just like, we don't even know if we're going to get funded right. enough to make this happen. 
So like I said, they tried to get investors. Nobody would take. They started asking the actors and the cast and crew. I watched an interview where this guy was like, man, I was in it, but I didn't even think it was like, <laughs> he was like, I wish that I would have invested in it then. They had to go all the way to newspaper ads. They procured really? funding from 220 random individuals. Those people got over a 3,500% rate of return <laughs> on their investment. <laughs> Hell yeah. Which is so funny that nobody even on the crew or cast it, yeah. was willing <laughs> to bet on it. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber took out his second mortgage. If this didn't uh, work, he was done for. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? This is yeah, like the end of his, his whole career. The one ray of hope is the character of Grizabella, mm -hmm. who is going to play this in 1981, but Judy Dench. It all comes around, sir. It all comes around. But the thing is, she's known as an actor, but she has to learn how to sing and dance. Because mm -hmm. they were like, we got to get somebody that Britain knows, mm -hmm. a young Judy Dench, mm -hmm. to play this. She was preparing, actually, to play two parts. She was going to be the old Gumby cat, Jenny Anadots, which is what Rebel Wilson plays, mm -hmm. and Grizabella. At one point during the rehearsals, she says, who kicked me? And they're like, nobody. She can't walk by the end of the night. She snapped her Achilles tendon during the rehearsals oh my of God. the dancing and had to drop out of the show. How close to opening? This is three days before the previews. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, my house. <laughs> my life. <laughs> this woman, Elaine Page, steps in. For the first 10 previews, the, the song Memory, they still didn't have the lyrics finalized. Oh my God. Because like I said, it was based on that poem, but they, yeah. were, they were coming. Tim Rice was coming in. Lloyd Webber was coming in. Eventually, the final lyrics was what the director decided to do. But the whole time, Elaine, in the 10 previews, she, she, has, she sang 10 different songs. Oh my God. Before they opened up and then they just finalized it at the 11th hour. That was what the song was going to be. And that be. feels like the water is just coming up over your head and you just take to the last breath possible. Yeah. <laughs> Thank and, God it was gold. <laughs> and it's like now that song, like you said, you knew it. Oh, and you, had, yeah. you didn't even know it was from this. No, not at all. And it was literally like writing it the night before on a napkin or something. What's the like, old clown, Pagliacci? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like yeah. I, I attribute it to that. I'm thinking it's just like, oh, you know, like <laughs> is it something in that <laughs> <laughs> that's where I will, you know, thematically, that's where I am going like, yeah. what is this? Co you know, I'm like, no, <laughs> it's just cats. <laughs> <laughs> young, young fools trying to make a musical. I love this quote because I think it's something that the movie didn't think about maybe, or somebody mm -hmm. did, but they just didn't care. This lady was saying, whether it was brilliant or laughed at, it would be extreme. And I think that it is that. And I think the movie believed that it was going to be brilliant, but Honestly, when they, they were expecting laughter after the first song, like they didn't know, obviously they had the previews and the testing, but they were like, now this is open to the public. Who knows Whatever it is, what we the tried. reaction is, yeah. We did it. So they had to put it out into the world. Maybe it's going to be laughed at. Maybe it's going to be, luckily, London loved it and proved that now here's the triple threat. We can do everything. We can act. We can sing. We yeah. Can and like you said, this is what started the mega musical phenomenon, big budget, tourist friendly Everything we see now, Lion King, Wicked, Phantom of the Opera, which, as we said, Andrew Lloyd Webber already did, Les Mis, these are all these giant mega musicals that are catered to that. That's amazing. 
I mean, I, I'm just thinking about the momentum of um, and how media is changing. I'm I'm still uh, you know locked in on just the flavor of the blockbuster. This is mm-hmm. the first. This is the first musical blockbuster. The first modern musical blockbuster, and it's just coming off of the heels of the very first cinema blockbusters. The first, the idea of that. So it's really fascinating to me, and I think that's inspired so many of us, like yeah. people our age. That idea of a rollout, a presentation, a branded type mm-hmm. of sort. This is. This is the the beginnings of it. Yeah. I think this is kind of the thing that a lot of people are trying to recreate. How mm-hmm. did they do this? How did it feel like that? Why did it, you know? But it's uh, been done so many times now. Like this was the yeah. start. Going back to mentioning the advertising, like you said, how it was a huge rollout. Again, all of this is going to seem probably pretty basic now, but rem- it's hard to remember that this, all the stuff I'm saying from here on out, this is the first time that this stuff had been done, or this yeah. was a huge gamble, or this yeah. was not known at all. So early- Somebody putting up their house on a second mortgage. <laughs> they don't yeah. know if the crown jewel song, what the words even are. The night before. The 10 different versions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't know. So just in terms of advertising, I'll go through a couple different things of why this was so crazy. Early advertisements for the musical did not feature traditional pull quotes or positive reviews. Hmm. That was the thing. You'd be like, oh, astounding, So the Star Tribune says, or who the cast was. They didn't even say any of the cast. Oh, but just said, want to feel weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, essentially, that's what they did. They had the branding of the show itself as the star. They globally and aggressively marketed that logo of the two green eyes with the dancers as the yeah. irises, and it just says cats. Yeah, and that's all baby. it was. And it said, "Remember the moment, memories." You know, like whatever the little three tagline words yeah. are, yeah. and that's all people knew it was. And it was like, "Oh, that is some sort of a spectacle." Originally, interestingly, it was titled "Practical Cats" based on the book, but it did, it looked weird once they had gotten the logo with the eyes and the dancers. They wanted to have yeah. more of a. Yeah sensual, ominous quality. So they dropped the practical and then it just became cats. cats. Another thing with the advertising was that they had merch in the lobby from coffee cups to sweaters. Like I said, the t-shirt. Is this one of the, the first times that's happening? Yes. That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. See, yeah. I didn't even know that. And and I was talking about it five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, and that iconography inspired other musicals. Like you see... Uh, Les Mis has that little French girl as the yes. logo, or Phantom of the Opera is just the half mask. Yes. That's what it was all about. Yes. But Cat started that. It also led the trend for musicals, even though it is has an undertone of sexuality. It was aimed more at families and tourists because of the spectacle, because of New York or yeah. London or yeah. whatever. It's like, we got to go see this. Mim- there was also, in terms of the actual what was going on, on stage, the staging, John Napier is the guy who did the set design for mm. it all. They changed it from just being a proscenium stuck out to a quasi in the round and the stage partially revolved. This cost $900,000 for them to remodel the the theater that they used in the West End in London. $2 million for the Broadway version oh my the next year. Um, they hid the orchestra backstage, which was not common hmm. for this kind of a thing. And then the cats are always moving around. There's portions where they're in the audience. They have green light up eyes as they're coming down the thing. I don't think they, they're allowed to touch people, but they're just all over the place moving all around. And that yeah. was something that was like, oh, this is like a whole entertainment experience. Yeah, you're being transported to another world, mm-hmm. another cat society. And for the dance most of the cast is on at the same time. 
And because it's in the round, it's like you can't hide people. It has to be so well choreographed. Yeah. You can just be like, I'm waiting out in the wings. Like to do, it's like, <laughs> no, everybody is always doing something. This is one of the most challenging shows in terms of dance because of that. The woman who did it was Jillian Lynn. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm just begging the question as to why it was necessary for this to be intrinsic to the film. <laughs> right. You know, it's like they wanted to do the exact same thing. And I just... Why? Why wouldn't you want to do what a movie can do that a stage can't? Because it's a different thing. I just they seem so locked in on on what the 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 musical was. This woman Jillian Lynn, like in, and I don't know if they do this in the movie, but in the musical, she blends ballet, modern jazz, tap, and acrobatics, as well as everybody also has to act like a cat the whole time. Yeah, it's all, but all of that is in there, except that that feels like a play. You know, yeah. like <laughs> that is what a that is what a play. It's presented to me exactly the same way it would have been presented on the play. The staging, the blocking, the numbers, mm -hmm. everything about it. I felt like I was watching a play. I just got to get a little closer with a camera. That's really what it felt like. And if I just put the makeup out of my mind, you know, yeah. that's that's what it really felt like. And I just past that really struggled to see what the point of that was. Why we re like, is this <laughs> supposed to does it have to be Moulin Rouge? Uh, d yeah. You know, how many elements here are we walking up to the line of I don't know if an audience is going to take. I don't know if this is, you know, one element nothing lives and dies on one element. Yeah. But. Overall, you've got to see where how it is coming together, and at some point, well, I think with this wound up in a strange spot that I just don't understand why they felt necessary right. to be. I, I, looking at this material and then looking at what the the musical did, I really feel like the the there should be no boundaries on mm -hmm. this at all, and I just feel like they're so limited they're so limited yeah and it's and really it, sad especially now that we know the context of the time and place and people and how it was cobbled together and involved it's like it, it is a hodgepodge of wacky weird sexual i have to nonsense. say all that said i have to say i didn't get a glimmer of anybody caught phoning it in right. of anybody going i didn't get an ounce of they didn't love this Oh yeah, Everybody I mean it's an actor it loved. It's what an they actor were doing. dancer, you know, dr you know, dreamed. Watching it. some behind the scenes stuff, I think this director was into what they were trying to do. I think everybody <laughs> really wanted to do this, but because ev nobody questioned it, nobody realized actually what it was that they were <laughs> doing, which was just a remake of the stage. Yeah. The last technical elements of what made the musical so bonkers which maybe does or does not translate into the film is this guy david hersey who was the lighting designer used fast changing configurations to spotlight different performers in rapid succession which gave the appearance mm. of like fast film editing oh. on a stage because you were forced to look at different things that's cool around the stage quickly the london production was also the I first wish they, i wish yeah. the movie had done that type of reverse <laughs> engineering of an of, of a, 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 a medium effect yeah, for cinema, you know, I, I, it's like I'm. <laughs> they oh, changed they, the game. They figured out theater. how to do a film thing on stage, and they put a lot of thought into it. Well, it's like I, I would like to see how you would do a a stage thing on in film and make it feel natural and happening authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, authentically. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I just wish I want that back. I want it backwards for this. There's a version of this that works. <laughs> and Steven Spielberg knew it. <laughs> um, the original London production of Cats was also. I, also, the, before we move on, I think anybody who's fans of Fievel and an American Tale, <laughs> that is where the Cats version of this ended up. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go out on another limb here and say that that is where all those efforts got re- reconcerted. I don't even 90s. know that that's true. I'm purporting. Well, that it. was it's true. I think that was Amblimation. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is it, it's definitely yeah. Spielberg. Um, so sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the last little bit in terms of the technical stuff, this was the first instance in which an enti- the entire cast was outfitted with radio microphones versus just having shared ambient mics pointed at the stage around the oh. theater, which is now standard that yeah. everybody in the cast has their own labs and lapel. And Absolutely. Everything. But this allowed for them to then, like I said, crawl all around the, the theater and do all kinds of stuff and have tons of people all over the place. Well, ingenuity out of necessity. And yeah. that's the beauty of it. And like we said, it, it ushered now an age of the golden age of British musicals where people are like, oh, they got the chops. They got what it takes. Although some well, people- Well, good on yeah. Britain, man. This was <laughs> yeah. huge. This was a huge, this was a huge proving ground for, for Britain, man. Yeah. And the, it's funny, I was just in my research, I was like, yeah, what, what happened to the book? So the Elliot estate <laughs> has made over a hundred million on this thing. Oh God. Because of his silly book of cat poetry. Because they have to say it's, I mean, it's his words. Isn't that the dream? That are the songs. You put out some silly cat poetry and people run wild with it and make you a whole boatloads of money. Yeah. Um, and of course his widow established a charity and made the T.S. Eliot prize for poetry and you know, gave most of it away. And what but, about like the Humane Society? And stuff? <laughs> you know, what about all the stray cats that you were writing about in the street? All right. <laughs> anyway. Maybe they get something. And I know it's a ton of tidbits, but the, the most important tidbit I thought was that, because this is much even more recent, beginning in March of this year, hmm? of 2019, and I'm going to pronounce some of this wrong probably, but the Rinkai line in Tokyo, Japan, the train station line, Two songs from the musical are the train departure melodies. They use a jingle of memory, and they use a jingle of Skimble Shanks, which is the railway cat. <laughs> so they use those as letting people know that the train is departing. Man, Tokyo loves lines. It. They, they well, like I said, they got they had they're still running, <laughs> still running it, man. They love it. So you you go see the show, pop on over to the metro, and then your memory all the way <laughs> Skimble down the line. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. But now we have this. 2019 movie, which makes sense, I suppose, if you think about the fact that Tom Hooper had done Les Mis, the movie version, which, like we said, is a- 2013, 2014, one of those? It was a 2012. 2012? Uh, yeah. It won three Oscars and got seven nominations. Anne Hathaway, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. The Squad. Taylor Swift had tested for a role in Les Mis. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, but now she's in this one. Um, now we got her, and we got Judy Dench bringing it back. round circle, baby. 30 Full plus years circle. later. <laughs> she's back, and she made it this time. She did not break her ankle before filming. <laughs> Snap her tendons. God. Uh, yeah. And this is, I just, I feel odd about these things because I don't like trashing stuff because yeah. there's a lot of hard work. Like I said, everybody working on this. Everybody in this felt like they loved it. And you look at Les Mis in 2012, it's like, sure. Yeah. We could do Cats. Sure. Get the same guy. Where, when did they realize they were in trouble is really kind of what I want to know. Yeah. This is I think it's just, it's just out of time and place in terms of context. Like you said, if there had been an animated version that came out instead right. of Five Old Goes West, right. maybe that would have blown up. Or they have done something this hard-nosed 
like the show in 1998 and really right. did it. You know, it can be just like this, just like the, the stage show, but cinematic and, you know, do it with cameras. Like that probably, if you had this exact movie come out in 1998, just with those techniques, probably would have done a lot better just because <laughs> yeah. it's in the middle of the craze. Yeah. That's what I'm fascinated. And that's why I'm really glad that we covered it is getting that, that milestone. Because I'm so illiterate when it comes to any kind of musical theater. I mean, yeah. theater in general. I don't even know Moonlight. <laughs> memory, memory. Look, I, can't, I, I can't even stay in now. I'm well, now the, you did because you memory read the, book. In the Moonlight. He watched. The, he watched the movie. He read the book. <laughs> we all did it this week. If you go see Cats, please reach out to us and let us know what you thought. Yeah, let us know. It. Did it bother you? And like I said, but you know, when it came down to the 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 climax, I was like, this is fine. This is exactly what I would have gotten on on the stage. Mm-hmm. You take it where you will. I just feel so sad for the filmmakers feeling so cornered by the music. Trying. But thanks for uh, coming along on, on this weird journey. Uh, Happy thanks holidays. for listeners telling us to do this. This was a great conversation. I'm yeah. so, I didn't expect to do this. Happy holidays, season's greetings, Merry season's Christmas, greetings. Happy Hanukkah, everything. Hope you have a wonderful time with your family or friends Stay or your safe. cats. Stay travel. Yes, with your <laughs> cats. Pet your cats, not your dogs. <laughs> no, pet your dogs. Um, yeah, have a, have a nice, safe holiday, everybody. And we catch you in the new year. Yeah.